Hello and welcome to the For The Win podcast where we discuss the human side of sports. My name is Luke Kedney and I'm here today with our chief NFL writer, Stephen Ruiz. Stephen, how are you? I'm good. Football season started and now we can finally stop talking about things like Colin Kaepernick. So what are we talking about today? (laughs) That's right. Funny you should ask. Um, We're not going to be breaking down plays or we're not going to be talking about some of the great throws Sam Bradford made on Monday night. Instead, we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick once again. Because what better time? Football season is back and he is still without a team. And it's it's, it's surprising in some ways, but um, it's, it's also boringly unsurprising in others so uh, you know this will probably be a story that um continues to rumble on throughout the season so um i mean before we get into sort of the nitty-gritty of it what what do you make of it when you when you think about this entire situation you've obviously written about this extensively i mean what is your sort of big overall take on it so there's two ways to look at it and Every time I write about him, I get both angles. One is, does he deserve to be in the league based on his skill set? And I think the answer to that question is obviously yes, because he could be he's better than most backups. And then the other way to look at it is, is it is he being blackballed? And that's the frustrating part because the owner, no one will come out and say, yeah, he's not in the league because the protest, and that's all we want, but we're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. So, and so let's rewind and before going any further, just give some background on it all. Colin Kaepernick, sort of uh, drafted by San Francisco in 2010, I believe, 2011. 2011. 2011. Um, he sort of kind of captured the sporting world alight, really, when he first came onto the scene. Um, or not, not initially, of course, but in 2012, he stepped in for the starters job and he led San Francisco. Um, to the NFC Championship, brought them to a Super Bowl, kind of looked like, um, you know, this was an era in the NFL, not an era, this was a time in the NFL where we were starting to see these sort of surprising, uh, the surprising crop of quarterbacks emerge as the leaders, or or sort of the next generation of tier tier one quarterbacks. I'm thinking about Russell Wilson being, being the primary one, and Colin Kaepernick, was the scrambling dual threat quarterback who Jim Harbour almost won a Super Bowl with as soon as he stepped in, and then the following season, 2013, he uh, he boasted a 12 and four record. So, I mean, when 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 you think back to when you first saw Colin Kaepernick, I mean, what stood out with you with this guy? It definitely his arm strength uh, and mobility, of course. Uh, I was lower on Kaepernick than most people were back then because I saw the things that people are bringing up now. He, he was a one-read quarterback. He wasn't comfortable in the pocket. But I think there's a misconception about that that time with him. Like his first season, that was probably his best passing season, statistically at least. And he was they, the 49ers weren't running read option a whole lot in the regular season. They didn't really start running it as like a base play call until the playoffs. They kind of like sprung it on teams and they weren't ready. Like the Packers gave up, I think, 180 rushing yards to Kaepernick because I don't think they were ready for the read option. So you look back at those games that he was running it maybe twice, three times a game, but he still put up a 90 plus quarterback rating. So is he not a pocket passer that can't thrive in a traditional system or is he dependent on the read option? I think that year proves that it's that he can thrive. 
Yeah, and I think um, I think it's fair to say, I think Jim Harbour is one of the greatest football coaches in the game at the moment. Obviously, he's in co- he's he's coaching Michigan at the moment, but I think he did a fantastic job um, doing what every good head coach should do, really, which is not be constantly fretting about what quarterbacks can't do and capitalizing on what quarterback can do. And he um, used that to such great effect with Colin Kaepernick that he turned him into one of the and turn the San Francisco 49ers rather into one of the better, um, in, into one of the best teams in the NFL. Um, he stepped down, I believe, in 2014, um, if I'm getting that correctly, the yeah. same year that Kaepernick signed a six year, $126 million contract with 49ers, 50 more million in guarantees. And that's when things sort of started going off. Um, on the field, that's when things started going slightly wrong. I mean, you sort of alluded to it there, Stephen. When you saw um, not just his statistics, his his statistics sort of take a hit, but also his win totals take a hit. You know, he started picking up some injuries along the way too. I mean, it was it was almost like a slightly long downhill slide, really. I mean, what did you notice? That what what changes? I guess is my question. Did you notice from Kaepernick? I actually think he got better as a play, an individual, but the offensive line got. It used to be one of the best in the league. Now it's one of the worst in the league. And by 2015, it's one of the worst in the league, and that exposes his problems in the pocket. He's he gets jittery. He leaves clean pockets too early, and we're talking about 2015 Kaepernick, 2014 Kaepernick. Yeah, he's a better player now, and he can't get a job than he was when he got his $100 million plus dollar contract. It's, it's, it's amazing when you think. And so fast-forwarding now to sort of present-day Kaepernick or last year, um, the, the 49ers record, or sorry, rather, his, his record as a starter for the 49ers went 8-8, eight 2-6, and eight, two and six, and then 1-10. and 10. Um, And it was really in 2016 where the story or, or the news surrounding Kaepernick became markedly less about what he was doing on the field and more about what he was doing, the conversation, the dialogue he was having around it. And during a preseason game and uh, before the 2016 season, he was he was pictured sitting during the national anthem and he, um, throughout the season, continued taking a knee during the national anthem as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an intentional protest to try to uh, raise awareness for a variety of issues around um, black people's rights in America and uh, police brutality. And, and he was very outspoken. Um, he was very outspoken throughout it all. And one season on, he... Um, he, he opted out, or he didn't opt out of his contract, but his contract at the 49ers is no more, and no NFL team is touching him. They don't even look like they're considering touching him. And it's, um, I mean, I, I'm so curious to hear, because as you said, he's a, he's a better player now, and I think that the NFL, or NFL pundits and fans, rather, are kind of in this situation where they may be overstating how good Kaepernick is I mean he is mm-hmm, he sure. he is not a I wouldn't say he's in a grade a or even a grade b quarterback he is a he is a average to below average starter for an NFL team he would be a very good backup for, for an NFL team um so let's as long as we're in, in my opinion that's his ability level 
that is so obviously good enough to be getting a job in the NFL, right? Like there is, I can think of eight teams off the top of my head that would seem to benefit from having Colin Kaepernick sort of vying for the starters position, yet no team is going anywhere near him. And I mean, it's become pretty clear. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Tim, but it's becoming pretty clear that this is not uh, an, a pure ability or a pure talent um, evaluation that NFL's, that the GMs around the NFL are taking right now. Yeah, and that's obvious. We just don't want to be lied to. That's what's happening right now. We just want to hear he's not in the league because he protested police brutality against black people. And there's a reason they don't want to say that, because they don't want to look like they're against that protest, which is, that's a noble cause. But back to your point about him not being as good as the media is making him out to be, I, I agree with that totally. Uh, but I would put him at, if he was a starting quarterback, I'd probably rank him around like 24th right now. I, I do quarterback rankings based on what I see on film, and I grade certain attributes, and I did him just for fun. I didn't include it in the post, but he came out around 24th round where like Carson Wentz is. And I think most teams would take that. Like Jaguars, they could use, I'm not saying he would take Bortles' job, but Bortles needs competition and Chad Henney's not giving it to him. Joe Flacco needs a little bit of competition. He hasn't been good for three years. The Ravens aren't giving it to him. There's a, there's a, couple, a handful of other teams that could use the same thing. And, and it strikes me that this is something that Kaepernick is obviously at the center of this phenomenon in the NFL at the moment, but this is not something that's particularly new in the NFL. Uh, compared to other sports leagues, this seems like a, I mean, this seems like a league that's just incredibly um, adverse to, to, to signing players who s- sort of are willing to speak out on any number of issues that that a number of um, organizations just they just don't want to even play in that game I guess is the point I'm trying to make there there are countless NBA stars you know uh, the Golden State Warriors for example you're, you're constantly hearing um, you're constantly hearing the head coach talking about all these various political issues talking about Trump you have Popovich at the Spurs too doing very similar things and it's almost embraced the idea that there are different there are lots of different ideas at the table whereas the NFL it's almost a bit more militant, right? Like you, you fit into mm-hmm. our system, and if you don't, we don't have time for you. Um, the word that gets thrown around um, as an explanation for all of this is a distraction. So I guess my question to you is: Is Col- would Colin Kaepernick be a distraction to an NFL team, and w- and our coaches right to be so afraid of 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 embracing that um, potential distraction? So it's hard for anyone outside of the 49ers locker room last year to answer that question, but luckily we have someone that was inside the 49ers locker room to answer that, and that's Chip Kelly, and he came out and said, no, Kaepernick is not a distraction. So that argument, it just falls short for me. And Chip Kelly is someone that, he's one of those people that's known for not tolerating distractions. He traded away Deshaun Jackson for for. Less than what he was worth, he traded away LaShawn McCoy. Those two were apparently locker room distractions, and he traded them away. So for him to come out and defend Colin Kaepernick, I think proves that argument wrong. And, 
and I think it's something you see around. You, you know, it, it always fascinates me. Every single year in the draft, for example, there'll be some there'll be some rumor about something, or you know, we, we as we saw two years ago, a video will pop out of nowhere, and suddenly every single NFL organization will seem to get spooked sort of simultaneously there's almost this group think going they 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 simply don't want anybody um speaking speak uh, speaking their mind might be harsh but not touting the sort of organizational line it, it's there, there's so much scrutiny on the nfl that i think that gms and head coaches are just they've become so terrified of even something that could be perceived as a distraction that they that they've since taken to making decisions that aren't really in their own best interest right like signing Kaepernick to a team would clearly be in a lot of teams best interest but they're so afraid of of like this diversity of thought really um in, in somebody saying what they believe that they just don't that's just one element that they feel like they can't control and so they just don't even want to play in that space it's it's so irrational i think on the face of it yeah i think so too but i think i think it uh content matters and i think they're not ready they i don't think they're gonna let a player like kaepernick who's not you know he's not aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers can come out and say he can speak his mind without repercussion but they don't want a player like Kaepernick saying things that are going to upset their fans, and most of their fans are white guys, you know, middle-aged white guys who don't experience po- police brutality and discrimination. So, you know, they don't want to upset them. Like when the Ravens said, "Oh, we we pulled fans," and they said, "We don't want Kaepernick," they pulled season ticket holders. And season ticket holders are, um, like just white guys they didn't pull guys in baltimore that may have experienced police brutality i'm sure those guys are all in favor of colin kaepernick I'm sure most of the people in their locker room who are a majority of which are black support colin kaepernick absolutely absolutely and yeah it sort of speaks to this that the uh that the the, the this sort of organizational power structure of the nfl is still uh still has a lot of work to be done, to, to, to say the least, I think. So looking forward with Colin Kaepernick um, and the NFL more generally, I mean, what does the future hold for this, uh, for, for Kaepernick? I mean, is this something that in a year about, in a year or two, he'll, you know, he'll be on a team and, um, and people would have, you know, and when I say people, I mean NFL GMs and head coaches would have simply gotten over this, this, this fear of something that um, they really shouldn't be fearful about. I mean, he is only 29. Will he be on an NFL team? Um, he seems to express a desire to be on an NFL team, even though at this point it doesn't look good for this season, perhaps. But, I mean, what, what do you think? What, what do you think will be in a year from now, two years from now, on Colin Kaepernick? The cynical part of me says he's never going to play again. And I started to think that when the Seahawks turned him down, for Austin Davis, and then I really started thinking once the Ravens turned him down, when Flacco got hurt, there was a bit of a scare, and you know Flacco's old now; he has a back injury. A couple years ago, he tore his ACL. I mean, he's you know quarterbacks don't get healthier when they get to their mid thirties, so there's a 
good chance that Ryan Mallett is going to have to start some games this year, and Ravens fans are – they should pull Ravens fans when that happens, see if they would take Colin Kaepernick. But, yeah, if, if those teams didn't give him a chance, like the Seahawks were perfect for him because they have outspoken players. They have a mobile quarterback. So, we, you know, you can't use the – he doesn't fit our system. We would have to redesign our whole offense to accommodate him. You wouldn't have to do that in Seattle. So that was the perfect team for him, and they turned him down for Austin Davis. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 definitely not – it's hard to be optimistic looking forward. That said, I do – I, I I can't help but think you know again he's only he's only twenty nine at the moment. Um, it, it's it's astounding to me that somebody like Michael Vick can can come back and, and have an NFL and have an NFL career and countless other NFL players when and Colin Kaepernick who hasn't done anything wrong is is doing something incredibly important in the greater scheme of things in trying to bring this dialogue to to a larger audience to have this conversation is being completely blackballed. Um, I do think that he will, I, I, I do think he'll be on a team one day. I don't think it'll be this season. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, if it's next season. I think, um, you know, this conversation was so, uh, this saga, this controversy was so thick last year that um, I, I think in many ways, 2017 is still sort of, is, is, is still sort of winding down from it. Um, I think next offseason, if, if Colin Kaepernick still keeps himself in, in shape and is still serious about being an NFL quarterback, I can see him being on an NFL team. But I, I think, um, what I will say is I think that in 10 years, in 15 years, we'll be looking back at what Kaepernick did now and we'll be thinking that what he did was uh, similar to what Ali was doing during his prime. Um, that he, he was doing something far more important um, than playing football. That he was he, he was speaking his mind and he was speaking about something incredibly important and, and vital, really. Um, I think that will be his true legacy when we do look back on this. I mean, what, what about you, Stephen? Yeah, I agree. I think in a couple of decades we'll look at it like that. I mean... People say he's selfish for what he's doing. He's just trying to bring attention to himself. We got to remember that when he started this protest, he was it was a silent one. He didn't bring attention to it. The media did. Someone took a picture of him sitting, and they were asked him about it, and he explained himself. And then he gave up millions of dollars to do that. He knew that this was gonna, you know, cause this story to blow up. He did it anyway. So, I mean, you have to respect that. Even if you don't agree with what he's saying, which I don't know how you could if you've watched the news in the last couple of years, you have to respect that he's willing to give up millions of dollars to, you know, to support this cause. Absolutely. And when we talk about somebody being selfish, <laughs> or when Kaepernick's being selfish, this is exactly not in his own best financial interest to be doing this, right? Like his his his, his yeah. financial interest would have been placated with him um, keeping his mouth shut and cashing all those checks he's getting from the 49ers. But he's doing something more important than that, right? He he is doing something. And I, and I think that over time, um, that will be something that broader sports fandom will um will appreciate but anyway we've taken up too much of your time Stephen. we need we need more of your brilliant mind back <laughs> uh, back on for the win um you can check out all steven's steven's work on for the win and your twitter handle i believe is uh the steven ruiz is it 
Yes, that's it. Uh, the Stephen Ruiz. So, you can come yell at me there. <laughs> you can go go yell at him there, please. I, it's something I very much encourage. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm Luke Cadenine. This is the For the Win podcast, where we discuss the human side of sports. Thanks for tuning in, and look for us later this week.